Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Ersteujan and today we will be hearing about the work of the Committee on Missing Persons in Cyprus with three of the members, Mr. Leonardis Pantelidis, the Greek Cypriot member, Mr. Hakkumuftuzadeh, the Turkish Cypriot member, and Mr. Paul Arni, the United Nations member. Welcome to Out Loud. The Committee on Missing Persons is a bicommunal body established in 1981 by the leaders of the Greek Cypriot and Turkish Cypriot communities with the participation of the United Nations. Mr. Arni, as a member of the committee, can you please tell us about the UN's role? Yes, of course. After the war in 1974, there were three resolutions passed at the UN General Assembly requesting for a mechanism to be set up in Cyprus to deal with this tragic issue of missing persons. So the UN was, from the onset, part of the discussions. Uh, Negotiations took place and in 1981, a tripartite committee was created with one representative of the Greek Cypriot community, one representative of the Turkish Cypriot community and one UN official appointed by the Secretary General. His role in the committee, my role is to be a honest broker, neutral intermediary when the sides do not agree, to reach, uh, it's part of our terms of reference, to reach consensus, because all decisions in CMP are taken by consensus. There is no such thing as two against one, which means that often there is work to be done bilaterally um, between meetings in order to bridge positions. My role is also to co-manage the CMP. So we are like three directors, the three members, and we take a lot of uh, time managing an operation that brings together 100 uh, people of different uh, professions and uh, different operations. And the third role is to raise funds for the CFP, which is an expensive operation with a budget of 3.2 million. Mr. Muftizadeh, can you please tell us about the committee's work in Cyprus and why it's so important? Of course. Uh, in fact, although the committee was set up in 1981, uh, it gained a bicommunal character in 2006. And since 2006, the bicommunal character is on every level of our work. So the, the importance of the, the committee is that it contributes to the confidence building between the two communities, um, very hardworking teams that work together. And they work during the winter under very bad conditions. And in the summer, when the temperature goes up, uh, they work under extremely strenuous circumstances. And, and these uh, archaeologists and, of course, the team are, are working under those conditions. So. We have the highest praise for our staff for doing a a wonderful job and being um, selfless. It's a sore point, actually, the missing persons issue, and it it goes some way to really establish confidence. This is very, very uh, important, and it also contributes to the overall uh, peace process. If we manage to actually make 
much more progress and we hope to do so during the course of this year. Then we would be contributing to confidence building between the two communities and we would also be contributing to the overall peace in, in, in Cyprus. This is the importance of the committee. Thank you very much, Mr. Muftazadeh. Um, Mr. Pantelidis, I'm sure that confidentiality is of utmost importance when dealing with information regarding a missing person. What channels are followed when people come forward with information? And if someone has information, how should they report it? Well, they, they should report it to whoever they feel more comfortable with. What we do is not police investigations. Uh, we don't share the information about the witnesses or the information given to us with the police or with anyone else. What we do with the information, as Mr. Muftazadeh explained, is that we develop the information, uh, hopefully to the point where we can reach a prospective excavation site where the information leads us to a possible uh, burial site. And then we send our uh, teams of uh, archaeologists and we dig it. Witnesses are welcome. Uh, there's no structure in how witnesses approach us. They approach us uh, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly, sometimes the one office, sometimes the other office. What we are interested in is uh, how they can help us locate uh, possible burial sites, like I have said. It's not a criminal investigation. Our approach is based on international humanitarian law, which means that the rights of the families come uh, above everything else. The rights of the families uh, not to be subjected to cruel or inhuman treatment, which in this case means that they continue to be in doubt as to what happened to their loved one. This, for us, is the most important consideration. We welcome all information that can help us to find possible burial sites, recover remains, identify them and return them to families for burial. I'm interested to ask just one additional question with regard to witnesses. You know, over the years, as people obviously are getting older, the generation of that time, is it becoming more difficult to find witnesses and people that would be able to provide the information that you need? Well, it's a mixed picture. Some people are more willing to talk as they grow old for personal reasons. Uh, but at the same time, that's balanced out by the fact that their memory is weakened and uh, the landscape changes. So they, the people who have witnessed certain events in a, in a very differently looking landscape in the 1960s or the 1970s, and now we take them to point out possible uh, places to us, uh, become disoriented. So uh, the passage of time in some ways helps us in some cases, but in, in other cases it complicates our work. Mr. Arne, the work of CMP can only sustain its operations through substantial donor assistance. Can you please explain to our listeners the importance of donorship to CMP? Yes, funding is a key question. This is not an operation that is not a project that can last only five years and then be completed. It takes an awful lot of time to locate hidden graves, to exhume them and to identify remains that are often damaged by the passage of time or the elements. So far we've exhumed 1,184 persons, a little over half of the missing persons. We would have never been able to do that without 
the constant and very important support of the European Union. The European Union is our main donor, accounting for more than 75% of the total funding over the last 15 years. Our operation started in 2006 and up to today in 15 years we've received uh, 33 million from the European Union. That allows us to recruit and to keep top scientists, to keep the memory very important in our work, the memory of exhumations, the memory in genetic terms, anthropological terms. It allows us to keep the quality of our services and to make sure that we provide to the families uh, the best service. So if we had every year to look for independent country uh, donors, uh, we would not have reached these results and we would not have uh, reached uh, the quality of our work, which is now internationally recognized. That's very much thanks to the EU. COVID has impacted people all around the world. How has it impacted the work of the committee and how are you mitigating the challenges posed by the coronavirus? Of course, it has been an impediment, unfortunately. We're not able to do our job properly. And uh, that, of course, reflected on our progress. So we, we hope to catch up during this year and uh, reach um, more remains. Uh, we consider our role as sacred, as very sensitive, and if you like, I can use the term holy, because it's very, very important for us, irrespective of the ethnic background, actually reach the remains and hand them over to their loved ones. That is how we can contribute to peace building and to confidence building in Cyprus. The problem, if I may add, with COVID was for the work, the part of the work that we do by communally, because we depend on free crossings of the checkpoints. Because all our teams work by communally, that work either in the lab or in the field. So our archaeologists, our teams of archaeologists are mixed teams. And when crossings were not allowed because of the COVID restrictions, we were not able to work. In some cases, we had exceptions. Whenever any other groups of people were exempted, we were exempted as well. But there were times when nobody could cross. And uh, maybe 2020, we missed as many as uh, 180, 190 days of work because of this. And we lost days in 2021 as well. We continue to work in our offices, as Mr. Muftazadeh has said, and um, look to retrieve some of the old cases and look at them again. Uh, but as soon as we were able to mix our people together again and send them uh, jointly to excavations or to the lab, we did that. Mr. Pantelist explained about the challenges the committee faced due to the coronavirus. Mr. Arnie, how are you mitigating the challenges posed by the coronavirus? So in 2020 and 2021, we had six and a half months combined of suspension of operations. The reason is, that we are a bicommunal project. In other words, when the checkpoints were closed, our Greek Cypriot scientists could not uh, go working in the north, where most of our grave sites are located, and uh, our Turkish Cypriot scientists could not cross to the south in order to reach the UN protected area where our laboratory is, is located. So we had 
a serious problem and we spent these six and a half months doing uh, three things basically to compensate for the absence of operations. We finalized a strategy for the next four years. We reviewed more than 300 past cases in terms of old information available to us since 40 years for one particular case and then another particular case and another one. So 300 cases reviewed and all the information digitally integrated into uh, GIS, into geographic information systems, which allows us, it's a map-based system, allow us to go from uh, dusty files to digital maps in which you can see all the previous excavation to the meter, uh, very precise uh, with GPS positions, all the reports, all the testimonies are available for someone in front of his computer, but also for someone in front of his tablet who is, who is working on the field. So we did this review that was extremely useful. And finally, we also took this time to work in order to, to, you know, to, to gain further financial support, further support of specific countries in terms of training. So we did not lose our time during this, but it was a challenging time. Now, into, since February 2021, our operations are running normally. We have all the protocols in place when somebody catches COVID. We had 17 cases so far out of 100 plus staff. Everything is under control and our operations these days are only prevented once in a while by bad weather, but no longer by COVID. Thank you. And finally, I would like to ask, what is one of the most memorable moments you've had so far as a member of the committee? The memorable moments that we have had is uh, with the, the, the families of uh, missing persons that we have met from both communities. That, that is an experience in itself. Um, the loved ones are expecting the result of finding the remains and handing them over to them because they want to know the final place that they would love their loved ones to be buried so that they can go and pray. And we uh, empathize and understand this. And, and I think that, that this has been a memorable moment for me to meet with both sets of uh, families from the Greek Cypriot families and Greek families actually that we met in Athens and Turkish Cypriot families that we met as the three members near Famagusta, that was an experience in itself and, and memorable because you see the people, you empathize with them, you understand their problems. That is something that uh, stuck to my mind. Mr. Pantelides? Well, I, I absolutely agree. Definitely the most uh, uh, memorable uh, moments of the work is when we meet with families either before we we find their loved ones or after uh, usually myself i avoid uh, going to funerals and so on because it's it's too emotional and we need to have a clear head when we work with cases and uh, if you go to funerals uh, after a while it becomes uh, very emotional uh, but families do come to the office uh, they come to inquire where what how much uh, how close we may be to doing something about their case what we may know about their their case and it's certainly is i would say this is certainly what stands out from from our work 
for the emotional side, do you actually provide psychological support for the families? Yes, we do. We, we do. Uh, I, I have a full-time psychologist in my office. When I was appointed, we had a part-time psychologist and I thought that, that was insufficient. So our full-time psychologist in my office is in touch with the, the families all the time. We have some families that come and uh, meet with us and she's there to support them. She's instrumental in arranging the funerals and she's a very important part of our job. And of course, the Greek Cypriot office, they have, I understand, three uh, full-time psychologists. Yes, we do have three psychologists and they offer uh, support in, in many ways, not just emotional. Sometimes there might be old parents in a village and they need to contact, they need some service from the government. Uh, they may have some problems with their pensions or whatever. And uh, when our people visit them, they bring this out. So we act as liaisons sometimes. We don't take care of these problems, but we refer them. We offer support to, to the families from before uh, burials and also post afterwards, because uh, families maintain contact mostly through their, they have their organizations. They have family, family associations that we have regular contact with. And sometimes family associations ask us to support some family and so on. And not all of these families are in a position to take care of themselves and to, you know, know where to go if they need something and so on. Thank you all for joining me today and sharing with us your experiences. I'm sure our listeners also enjoyed the conversation. That brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.